Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Our next guest is going to talk to us about the peak power list 2020. Farhan Shah is joining me, the editor-in-chief of The Peak magazine, my first guest in the studio since February. Farhan, great to have you with us. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me, Glenn, today. And I'm very glad to be your first guest on the show in the studio. Uh, I hope the face doesn't disappoint. (laughs) Well, you know what? Because you're in the SPH family and because we are on the same color-coded team, uh, we're able to have you in here uh, on our our safe social distancing. Uh, So that is one reason that you're able to come in. Um, But it's great to have you here. Great to to see you. And the Peak Power List, tell us about what what is this list? What, What goes into it and why is it so important? So the idea of the peak power list was, uh, it first came out uh, seven years ago. Mm. And the idea was to really uh, honor individuals and or organizations who have done amazing work uh, in the specific chosen team of the year. So we've, we've covered everything from uh, philanthropy to yeah. grit to, to even uh, kind of green initiatives, right? Uh, and for this year, uh, for 2020, we felt that it was very important to cover the theme of corporate sustainability. Now, corporate sustainability isn't just about the environment. It's also about diversity and inclusion and also about corporate governance. So the idea yeah. is that it shouldn't just be about profits, but about people uh, and about uh, the environment and everything else, right? Uh, and we think that is the way forward for businesses to be uh, conducting their operations, you know, in the next 10, 20 years. When we think about sustainability, and, and you're right, it is a fantastic topic to focus on and to, and to honor. But there are a lot of folks around Singapore that are that are striving to do good in this area. How do you figure out, how do you put a list together of, you know, the movers and shakers that you feel are really worth this list, worth mentioning in this list? No, that's a great question, actually. And in fact, uh, I am not the expert in this. I'm, I'm going to be straightforward. I am the editor-in-chief, but we recognize our deficiencies. You're just a guy with a red pen, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so what we did was we put together a panel of judges, yeah. uh, four of them. We have Professor Lawrence Lowe, great, great voice, uh, who has been pushing corporate sustainability for, for many, many years. Uh, we have Claire Chiang, the co-founder of Banyan Tree, who is mm. on the panel as well. We have Fang Yulin, who is a partner at PwC and who chairs the uh, corporate sustainability uh, team uh, in, in that organization. And we also have John Kim. So John Kim is the founding pa- partner of Amasia, and they've done a lot of investment work into corporate sustainability. So the idea was that we wanted it to cover the whole gamut of pillars, in a sense. So we have the financing part, we have the uh, governance bit, and then we have the initiatives that they've put together. So these judges, when they came together and they decided, and they when they put together the final list of nine organizations, mm. it was interesting because you know we wanted to cover everything from diversity, from uh, fe- feminism, uh, equality, uh, and the idea was that you know, most organizations, most big organizations, they are moving in that direction. Uh, the idea was, what is the impact that they would have? You mm. know, you could have a million dollars, but if your impact was, you know, $900,000, for example, mm. the, the value that you create, it's great, but maybe, you know, you wouldn't be on the organization, uh, on the list, sorry. So we, what, what if you had $1,000, 
But with this thousand dollars of of money that you put inside corporate sustainability, you could create a way bigger impact of ten thousand hmm. dollars. And that was something that the judges also took into consideration when they were putting together the final. The, the sort of multiplier effect, if you exactly, will. Exactly, exactly. Very interesting. We're uh, talking with Farhan Shah, who is the editor in chief of the P Magazine. My first in-studio guests since February. I know I keep saying that, but I'm just so excited to actually have a person to talk to. You know, on Saturdays, Neil Humphreys is sitting across from me, so I'm, you know, no offense, Neil, but, you know, it's nice to have somebody else to look at for a change. And Farhan, you're you're a, a great person to have in, in the thing. Now, the list has nine people on it, is that correct? Nine people, yes. They are representing nine organizations. All right, so we have one of them with us virtually uh, today. Isabel Lim is the Director of Corporate Communications for Laura Singapore, also on the sustainability, overseeing sustainability, public affairs, Corpcoms. Welcome and congratulations, Isabel. You made the list. Hi. Uh, thank you so much, Glenn, for having me on. And thank you so much to Farhan. Seriously, to Farhan, his team, as well as to all the panel of judges. I also had the pleasure, you know, to meet Claire, you know, for a short while as well. And it was just a really great experience to meet everyone. Thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. Isabel, what what does this award mean to you and and mean to to L'Oreal to be honored in this way? A, A list of only nine people out of many, many that they looked at. Yeah, it's true. And I must say, first of all, that no person is an island. I think, you know, I'm just standing here on the shoulders of all the giants of sustainability and the entire Laurel group that has been putting in so much effort into sustainability. Locally as well, you know, all the heroes of operations, purchasing, you know, marketing, all all of them who have really been putting in their heart, sweat and soul into making sure that we really keep sustainability at the heart of all that we do, uh, which is extremely important for us. Yeah, so, you know, it's a journey. It's a challenge. I'm very sure that everybody who is doing this will say that, you know, it's not something that can be done overnight, you know, but from uh, research and innovation, our R&I lab, all the way until, you know, the final product where you see it out in market, I think that there has been just so much work and um, commitment put into it to really want to try to see this happen. Farhan, when you saw that Isabel was part of the nomination process, what what struck you about what she is doing and what L'Oreal is doing in terms of sustainability? That's a great question. Actually, the most, uh, I guess, outstanding factor for L'Oreal as a whole was how they were really, really focused on, because they create so many uh, FMCG products, right? Mm. But they were so focused on uh, making sure that they reach uh, sustainability goals that they set out. And, you know, they were taking a look at the manufacturing process and the way that it's being transported. I remember when I was interviewing Isabel and she mentioned specifically that uh, even how the L'Oreal employees come to work, uh, the carbon costs that are emitted, their uh, their individual carbon footprint, uh, something that they take a look at to make sure that it doesn't, it meets sustainability goals. And that was, to me, was mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Isabel, from your perspective, what what is the kind of the overview of how you and how L'Oreal views sustainability? Farhan, I mean, just mentioned a couple of these examples, everything right down to is somebody taking the MRT or are they driving by themselves you know, in their car to the office every day? But how do you guys view sustainability and, and L'Oreal's response to it? Yeah, so um, sustainability is not new to us. Um, ever since uh, the start of uh, 2013, you know, we have been uh, putting together a program already 
So there's already been lots of measures put into place. Right from the start, we see ourselves as an industrial company. That means that we manufacture and produce. So, you know, whether the water usage or the carbon emissions, you know, uh, research and innovation, do we uh, take advantage of green science? Do we look at sustainable raw materials? Uh, are they biodegradable? So a lot of that work has started many, many years ago. And uh, looking into the future towards 2030, uh, we actually have um, a 10-year roadmap towards that as well. Uh, we call it L'Oreal for the future because, you know, it's really just to remind all of us to keep looking towards the future and know that we have to take action now. Uh, so we've put together a 150 million euro fund um, that comes from global and it's going to impact a lot of different areas around the world. A uh, hundred million euro will go towards saving the ecosystem and promoting the circular economy. And then we have another 50 million that goes towards um, helping vulnerable women. So, you know, we know that there are a lot of women out there that are kind of impacted, you know, or need a lot of support and help. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, part of this fund also goes towards that as well. But on the local front, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do. You know, sometimes people think that Singapore is a small market. You know, what can we do to help the global sustainability ecosystem? So, yeah, definitely, like what Farhan mentioned, we will even look at, for example, you know, how do employees come to work? Is there a chance to carpool? Um, and also, there are some other things uh, along with that. So, for example, you know, when we are transporting goods out to the, all the different stores, I heard you just now, Glenn, when you're talking about Christmas shopping and going out to the So, we need to get our products out there, right? But we also need to, uh, we want to try to, you know, do this in a sustainable manner. So, very, um, you know, uh, nitty-gritty work behind the scenes where, you know, we will track the routes make sure that we kind of consolidate all the goods and send it at one time rather than sending it piecemeal out, you know, to different stores. You know, that helps to reduce carbon emissions. Uh, there was another great initiative that we did that we actually got the International Business Award for Logistics for, hmm. where we've actually come up with a double-decking trucking solution for APEC. Uh, we have some warehouses, you know, across the causeway where we need to bring products over. So with this trucking solution, it actually helps to reduce carbon emissions by up to 30% which is really great news. So that means that, you know, even behind the scenes while people are sleeping, you know, when the action is happening, we still try to ensure that, you know, we kind of inbuilt sustainability into all that we do. Fascinating. We're talking about The Peak Magazine Powerless 2020 with Farhan Shah, the editor-in-chief of The Peak, and also Isabel Lim, director overseeing sustainability and public affairs and corporate comms for L'Oreal Group. Uh, Isabel, on that list this year. The list, I just want to run down the names, Farhan. And Do you have the list in front of you? I've got, I've got it in front of me. No, I don't have it. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll call out the names and maybe you say, if, if there's something you want to say about any of them, just let me know. Uh, Preeti Razan, the Chief Financial Officer of Diageo, the spirits company. What's what struck you about about that? So, Glenn, uh, I think before we, we move forward, I think I just wanted to yeah. uh, make it clear that we're not honouring the the people. We're yeah. honouring the organisations. Thank you. Yes, That's and good to know. yes, and these are the people uh, because we believe that corporate sustainability is isn't just a one man job. Hmm. It's an organisation wide job, and we wanted to honour the organisations and. And these people were chosen because they best uh, represented the uh, the organization that, that was nominated. Fair so, enough. So Diageo or Priti Raza, yeah. so this was interesting because Priti told me that uh, she was giving me an anecdote of how uh, she had a colleague who had twins. Uh. And in Diageo, uh, men get six months paternity leave. Wow. Comparable to the maternity leave Fantastic, of, uh, of right? females, right? Mm. And... Sh- and she, he was joking with Pretty, right? I have twins. Does that mean I get a year <laughs> off? 
<laughs> so that was what I remembered from from He's that He's not interview. looking for another job. <laughs> just, just kidding. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Now, Tony Lombardo, also from Lendlease, uh, see the CEO of Asia, Lendlease was in there as well. Uh, what is there? What struck you about Lendlease? So Lendlease was great because uh, they were very, very hyper focused on uh, creating impact in the communities that are around and most importantly was that they didn't see the uh, I guess the ROI from a, from a financial perspective mm-hmm. they saw it from a social perspective mm-hmm. so for every and I may, may, may be misremembering this but for every dollar that they put in uh, into a community, into a project, they wanted to re- make sure that they get $5 worth of social value. Oh, nice. What that means is that uh, the community around it kind of receives the benefits, whether it's schools, shopping centers, you know, anything that, that, that kind of fosters uh, community building. And I thought that was great. Yeah. Unilever is on the list. Uh, the chief procurement officer, Dave Ingram, was uh, noted uh, in, in Unilever as well. Yes. Oh, Unilever, uh, they're huge on diversity. They recognize that uh, I think something like 60-70% of their consumers are female. Mm. So they make sure that their board is, has, has, has represents uh, the same percentage of, of uh, women as well. And I thought that was great because most of the time, you know, when you go to the boards of these huge organizations, a lot of them are um, mainly male. I, maybe it's not by, by, by design or by choice, but it just happens to be like that. Yeah, so yeah. They, they're hyper-focused on making sure that it, it's, uh, there are females on that board. Very interesting. Yeah. NTUC Fairprice made the list as well. The CEO, Elaine Hang. Oh, Elaine is great. Yeah. Uh, Elaine is a wonderful, wonderful uh, human being. And, and, and Fairprice Group as a whole, they're great. What really struck me was her quote was that, she wanted to make sure that even if it just uh, impacts one person, you know, for, for all their sustainability efforts, uh, corporate sustainability efforts, then that's great. Uh, she was telling me about a story about a, uh, a senior citizen living alone. And during the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, when there was the circuit breaker, uh, FairPrice had all these uh, kind of vans that were going into mm. these neighborhoods. Mm. And then the vans, of course, uh, went off. And this lady called her and asked what happened. Uh, and then gave her a coloring book. Oh. So that was the impact. You know, you could see like the impact. And she cried. She told me she cried when she, oh. when she received that. Yeah, That's sweet. Uh, Patricia L., uh, Asia Pacific Breweries, the Corporate Affairs Director there. So Asia Pacific Breweries is building a, a bottle that is, uh, I can't remember, like uh, it's basically not made of glass or plastic. Huh. Uh, it's biodegradable. It? And that was something that, that really struck me. I was like, wow, okay, that's, yeah. that's super cool. Yeah. What was that, Isabel? It's a paper-based bottle. So L'Oreal Group is actually yeah, also working on something like that. So it's probably in line with that. Very interesting, yeah. Um, City Developments also made the list, Esther Ang. Yes, so they were the world's most sustainable real estate company. I mean, that goes without saying, like, they've, they've, it's not just like a hyperbole, like, they've been involved that for, for many, many years. So yeah. I think Esther is a huge name in, in the sustainability field, and I'm sure Isabel knows her as well. So, I, I was surprised to see Singtel on there. Not that it's not a great company, but you, you think of... You think of sustainability more in terms of, of products, right, and more of a B2C, uh, a hard product that would be sold, transported, not necessarily a digital product like your phone or your apps or whatever. Why, why Singtel? Well, Singtel, I mean, and if Eileen, you think about Eileen it, Tan was noted on there. Yes, I mean, I think for Singtel, like, they had this uh, huge recycle program because electronic waste is a thing. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, we have all these phones, you know, that we throw away after two years or even worse, after a year Good when point. the new phone comes out. So, yeah. you know, they put together this whole, I think it's called Recycle Initiative, yeah. where, you know, everyone just gathers their, their uh, electronic waste and then they do something about it. So mm-hmm. I think that's, that's definitely a, a great step in the right Very direction. Fun. 
positive. Yeah. And finally, uh, in addition to Isabel, who we have on the line, is um, also the Echo Business, uh, Jessica Chim, uh, managing director of that. So Jessica Chiam, uh, so EcoBusiness is one of those uh, great examples of outsized impact. It's a small startup. Well, I wouldn't call it a small startup, but they're, they're, they're kind of like compared to the rest, they're small. Uh, but they've been, their office has been net zero, carbon neutral since 2017. Now, that's amazing because all the other organizations with huge yeah. uh, resources haven't reached that yet. Wow. Number two, Jessica Chiam uh, is, is doing great, great things. Uh, in the field and making and spreading the word about corporate sustainability. She's done so many exhibitions. I think she had one called Changing Course at mm. Art Science Museum. Mm. That's a traveling exhibition. Uh, you know, and she used to be from uh, SPH. So she she knows the impact of media and the impact of spreading the message, you know, to to people out there to make sure that, you know, we are all on the right path. An amazing list. Thanks for giving us just a brief rundown. I, I put you a little bit on the spot. We didn't talk that you were going to do that in advance, but man, they just came right off the top of your head. So. No, it's something that's really, really close to me as well. So, so yeah. I'm very, I'm very pleased that uh, you know we could talk about this. Kudos to you and Isabel Lim. Let's get back to you because I want to talk about your initiative that's supporting vulnerable women. And uh, many, uh, of course, there been a, there's been a lot of documentation, especially during COVID-19, the lockdown. Uh, there have been increased incidences of, of violence against women and, and, and people who are vulnerable in general. Talk to us, what are you doing, what is L'Oreal doing to, uh, to address this vulnerable part of the population? Yeah. So, you know, according to the United Nations, uh, in 2021, it's expected that, you know, there will be uh, lots of women in extreme poverty. Uh, and this ratio could rise even more by 2030. So um, we are actually actively working with support groups around the world uh, to look at uh, all the different regions around the world and every country to see where we can support in. So you know what? We want to make sure that every cent counts. So this is you know, something that we really work with um, in the group globally, is looking at in every country to see which are the organizations that we can support, mm. which are the women yeah. groups that we can support in order to, you know, really help to fund them and um, really, you know, help them out of the situations that they're in. Uh, definitely, it's something that, you know, needs to be committed. And, you know, it's a long-term commitment as well. So um, we're taking this very seriously and we really try to ensure that, you know, um, the money goes to the right places. Fantastic initiative. And what, what else can we look forward to L'Oreal rolling out in 2021? Any other major initiatives or even smaller projects that you're working on for sustainability? Yeah, definitely. So um, I'm going to bring this back to shopping again for Christmas, <laughs> but basically our products. Yeah, so um, for example, we have uh, 16 products, uh, 16 brands under our L'Oreal group umbrella here in Singapore. Uh, I'll name a couple of them. For example, Garnier. There's a global initiative called Green Beauty. And even for some of the best-selling products, like the Hydro Bomb Sheet Mask, I don't know if you gentlemen use it, but it's our best-selling product. That's probably yeah, not, so probably not one that I'm going to be buying this year. i got to be honest with you. <laughs> no offense. Yeah. No offense. I know a lot of no. people like uh, that sort of stuff. But, uh, I mean, look at this yeah, face. No. Does it look like I spend much time on it, really? <laughs> Far, Farhan, Farhan looks much better, much better than I do. I think he's, I think he's much more man, you know, manscaping and, you know, whatever. So. <laughs> yeah. so, anyway, the sheet masks are going to be made of a vegan tissue formula and um, you know yeah and it's going to be biodegradable as well so you know you just uh, be very happy with the fact that as you're using the mask you know that you know it's not going to contribute to waste 
Um, another great brand that I could share about is La Roche-Posay. So, you know, you probably know it for its sun care products. Sure. Um, and, you know, yeah, the formula in there right now is going to be friendly to coral reefs. So you don't have to worry that if you're out there swimming in the sea, you know, that it's going to, um, you know, anything in there might affect coral reefs, for example. Hmm. And uh, just to look at back to what uh, we were talking about just now, um, there is going to be a, a bottle. So the packaging is going to change. It's not going to be plastic anymore. It's going to be made of a paper-based material. Oh. So this is kind of a global initiative as well. Yeah, it's called an EcoTube, and this is going to be launched next year. So that's going to be quite exciting as well. Very interesting. Thanks for, for that, Isabel. Uh, Farhan, where can people see this list and, and find out more about the people on the list? Sure, you can go to, uh, well, you can get a copy, but I think... Is it this December? The December issue. Yeah. Uh, but a far easier uh, option, of course, would be to go to uh, thepeakmagazine.com.sg. Uh, and it's right there on the front page. You can see it, uh, and then you can explore the list. The Peak Power List 2020, Farhan Shan, Editor-in-Chief of The Peak. Isabel Lim, one of the recipients uh, with L'Oreal, Director of Overseeing Sustainability, Public Corporate Affairs, Communication. Thanks to both of you for being with us today. It's fascinating. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for having us. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.